What you're about to listen to is a Pod Bros exclusive. Age of the Geek, baby. We run the world. I see you shiver with anticipation. Man, what's gotten into you? doing great and how's everybody doing it is another episode of davis nerd compendium and i found an article that i have to share with you guys it is titled hits without hints 11 songs with unexpected meanings now we all know certain songs have underlying meanings um songs like she can't say i didn't cry uh is about breaking up with someone and the woman just probably bad mouthing the guy but she could say anything about him but she can't say she didn't make him cry or songs like uh I can't help falling in love with you the title is self-explanatory well in this article they list 11 songs hence a uh, song title and what about the song either makes them catchy or makes it uh, fall into the songs with unexpected meanings uh, Larry so the first one is Toto's Africa a mix of bad geography ridiculous hyperbole and one of the longest metaphors and music let me give you their breakdown of it by any measure africa is an absolute jam it was an awe or it has an awesome synth line a great chorus and one of the coolest rhythm tracks of any 80s pop hit the lyrics however are a bit weird um P.H. told the Guardian that Africa seemed to be from a higher place. He'd purchased a new keyboard, and as soon as he sat down, the song poured out of him, including the iconic lyrics. Hang on, I thought, he told the paper. I'm a talented songwriter, but I'm not this talented. He's pretty humble, too. Anyway, uh, P.H. described this song as a love letter to the idea of traveling the world. One of the reasons I was in a rock band was to see the world. As a kid, I'd always been fascinated by Africa, he said. His childhood teacher, who served as missionary on the continent, told him that the people of Africa would bless the rain that fell on their villages. An obvious inspiration for the song's hook there was just one problem. Page hadn't really been to Africa, so he tried to imagine himself as a lowly missionary writing about a place he'd never visited. For the imaginary, 
he wrote about scenes from National Geographic. That helped to explain one of the weirdest lyrics in uh, pop history. The lyric goes, I know what I must do, or I know what that I must do what's right. As sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. The half second of that lyric, or the second half of that lyric, isn't just a strained 21 syllables metaphor. It's also confusing to Tanzanians. Generally speaking, you wouldn't see much of Kilimanjaro from the plains of the Serengetis. There's a good distance apart. Still, if the song's about a lonely traveler thinking about a place he's never visited, we can forgive him or her again for the uh, 21 syllables turn of that phrase. The second song is, If you're like us, you're never really, or you never really thought about the lyrics of Hey Ya from The Outcasts. Granted, you've shouted ice cold with everyone else at your aunt's wedding reception, but you probably think the 2003 hit as a light-hearted love song. That's why it's so funny to dance to, right? We'll look uh, closer at the lyrics, however, and those good vibes change in a hurry. The lyric, we've been together, oh we've been together, but separated, or, or but separate's always better when there's feeling involved. Okay, that doesn't exactly sound like a ringing endorsement for a relationship, but let's continue. If what they say is nothing is forever, then what makes love the exception? So why are we so in denial when we know we're not happy there? Granted, we cut out a bunch of the repetition of what makes and why oh why, but those are the crippling dark lyrics that get everyone on the dance floor. The entire song about the slow, uh, inevitable death of a relationship. A tweet. Uh, throwback Thursday to 2003 when my brother and I wanted to download Hey Ya by Outkast on the family's iTunes accounts. Dad printed out the lyrics and circled the Lend Me Some Sugar, I Am Your Neighbor part and said he had concerns the lyrics were too inappropriate. Then again, Andre basically tells you that you'll ignore the real meaning right after the second verse. With the lyric, Y'all don't want to hear me. You just want to dance. The third song on here is Total Eclipse of the Heart. It's something straight out of Twilight. Released in 1983, this power ballad never fails to tug at heartstrings, and it takes all our willpower not to sing along. In the video below, which I actually post a link to the video in the 
article, this song had a surprising supernatural start. One more fun fact. After the North American solar eclipse of 2017, total eclipse of the heart logged its biggest week of digital sales ever. People must really love vampires. And if you watch the uh, video, it kind of has a vampire-esque Twilight feel to it. Because it's all about like that mystic uh, type relationship. But I digress. Number four in the article is Blues Traveler's Hook. Mocks its audience for its entire duration. And I will say, Hook is probably one of my favorite Blues Traveler songs to begin with. Blues Traveler is one of those bands that you either love, hate, or vaguely remember from the 90s themed parties you threw in college. They're best known for their hit song, Runaround. But their 1994 track, Hook, also charted, attaining modest success on the pop radio while viciously mocking anyone who enjoys it. If you never listen closely, allow us to expose singer John Popper's lyrics to the cold, hard light of day. It doesn't matter what I say, so long as I sing with inflection. That makes you feel so convey. Some inner truth or vast reflection, but I've said nothing so far. Granted, he sang with plenty of inflection, so he didn't notice the satire. These lines from the second verse are even more on the nose. I am being insincere. In fact, I don't mean any of this. The entire song is a parody of pop music, right down to the hook of, oh, hook, right? Just, we just got that, and the whole thing is set over the same chorus progression, like Pachelbel's Canon and D, which can basically be heard in Green Day's Basket Case, Aerosmith's Crying, and... Vitamin C's graduation song, and about a million other songs. From the Blues Traveler's uh, website, the hook brings you back, and they post a lyric to a Twitter picture. This is from the actual Blues Traveler's Twitter feed. Uh, they post uh, just that snippet with the link in the article. The article continues, Ironically, while the songwriter or the songwriting is purposely cliche, Popper's vocal part is extremely challenging. In 2017, he told Jam Bass that it's one of the most difficult tunes in Blues Traveler's set. Oh, I would love to go back in time and beat the crap out of myself and say do you know you're going to be singing this for 30 years? He said, Once I do hook each night, my voice is different after that. It's such a beating. 
and it is, especially the like little uh, breakdown bridge part. It gets pretty wicked. I've tried to do it at karaoke a few times. But I digress. Number five is Sam and Dave's Hold On, I'm Coming. Seems pretty straightforward, but the original story might be our favorite. Songwriters Isaac Hayes and David Porter were working on a tune when David Porter excused himself to go to the bathroom. After Porter had spent a few minutes um, powdering his nose, Hayes spoke up. I had a groove going, and I was getting impatient. The legendary soul musician told Washington Post in 1995, and David said, hold on, I'm coming. Hey, when, you're, when you've got to go writing a song, you've got to go write a song. And that was it, Hayes recalls. He came running out of the restroom, pulling up his pants and said, That's it. I've got the title. We've tried to find any evidence of the song's unusual origin in its lyrics, but unless... In a river of trouble uh, and about to drown implies in plumbing misadventures. We'd say that the toilet humor stops when the songwriting started penning the words. Number six on the list is Black Sabbath's Iron Maiden. Is about, well, a man encased in iron? Okay, stay with us here, because we realize that's obvious. The metal classic isn't about the comic book character of the same name. The lyrics tell a remarkable, deep story, uh, sort of. The songwriting process started the same way it starts with many other timeless songs. Ozzy Osbourne stumbles into a room and says something stupid and left. I can't exactly recall what Ozzy said, and it wasn't something like, why don't we do a song called Iron Man or maybe Iron Bloke? Black Sabbath bassist Geezer Butler told Louder in 2016. That got me thinking about a lump of metal and then putting it all into a science fiction context. And it flowed from there. Butler's song is about a man who travels to the future and sees a disturbing apocalypse. He travels back to Earth to warn everybody, but along the way he becomes encased in iron. Upon his arrival, he's unable to speak, so everyone just sort of makes fun of him. He turns on them and causes the same apocalypse he's foreseen. He still has a human brain and wants to do the right thing, but eventually his own frustrations at the way humanity treats him drives this creature to take extreme actions, Butler explains. It's almost a cry for help. Granted, the titular character could have, oh, we don't know, asked for a pen and paper, uh instead of destroying all human civilization. But hey, we're not science fiction writers. The next song on the list is 
Fastball's The Way is based on a surprisingly dark story. With an incredible catchy chorus, Fastball's The Way is an absolute gem. It topped alternative rock charts in Canada and the U.S. in 98. And, if that's not enough, it eventually covered by the, or it was eventually covered by the Chipmunks. Um, they post a link to the song and they put this warning in. Warning, this is a link to the Chipmunks version and it's absolutely horrible. I'll have to listen to that off uh, the record. Bassist and songwriter Tony uh, Scalzo penned the lyrics after picking up the newspaper and reading about uh, Leela and Raymond Howard, an elderly couple who disappeared during their annual drive to the Pioneer Day Festival in Temple, Texas. I looked in right away. This story sort of struck me, uh, Scalzo told the ABC affiliate in Austin, Texas. It was sort of an ongoing story. Still no development in the case of the missing couple. Raymond, 88, had recently undergone brain surgery. Layla was showing signs of dementia. During a 15-minute drive to Temple, they apparently got lost. They were eventually found in the vehicle at the bottom of a 25-foot cliff. Sadly, they'd passed away, though. Scalzo, who'd followed the story carefully, wrote the way as a tribute to the Howards, imagining them as a happy couple looking for one last adventure. Once you understand the story behind the song, it's impossible to read the lyrics without getting a little misty eyes. The lyric, Anyone can see the road that we traveled is paved in gold, and it's always summer, they'll never get cold, and never get hungry, and never get old and gray. You can see their shadows wandering off somewhere. They won't make it home, but they really don't care. They wanted the highway. They're happier there today. Today. I think it's one of the best things I've done, Scalzo said. At the time, I think a lot of its power comes from the story behind it. And I somehow put together this musical piece that was enhanced by the story. I also believe the story for the family and people involved was enhanced by the song. The Howard's family appreciated the tribute, particularly when they found out that the song was climbing the charts. I liked it, really. I liked the song, Hal Ray Copeland, Leela's son, told ABC. I was just blown away. I couldn't believe someone would do something like that for my grandma. Leela's grandson, Randy Alfred, said, Powerful, very powerful. Number eight on the list is TLC's Waterfall, made waves for its catchy chorus, not its harrowing lyrics. Even if you blare the 90s hit at every barbecue, you'd be forget or be forgiven for missing the second verse reference to the HIV crisis. One day he'll get 
he goes to take a glimpse of the mirror, but he doesn't recognize his own face. His health is fading, and he doesn't know why. Three letters took him to his final resting place. Y'all don't hear me. Indeed, we didn't really hear the message. This video spoke for a whole epidemic. TLC member T-Boz told Fuse, We used to have so many patients come up to us and say, Thank you for being our voice and getting our message out there to let people know how easily this is contracted. While Waterfalls is one of our biggest songs of the 90s, we should note that TLC might have borrowed the lyrics to the song. Paul McCartney also had a song called Waterfalls, which contained the line, Don't go jumping in waterfalls. Please stick to the lake. McCartney noted the similarities in an interview with the AV Club, saying that TLC took the first few lines of his song, and then they went off into another song. It's like... Excuse me, the Beatles said. Uh, yes, you read that right. One of the legendary songwriters of all time found out that a group had borrowed one of his lyrics, and he reacted like a sarcastic teenager. Number nine on the list is Semisonic's Closing Time isn't about leaving the bar. Well, it is if you take the lyrics, literally. But singer Dan Wilson says the tune is about, or has a deeper meaning. It was initially, or I was initially trying to write a song to end the semi-sonic shows with, Wilson said, or told American songwriter. I set out to write a new closer for the set, and I just thought, oh, closing time because all the bars I would frequent in Minneapolis would yell out closing time, and I just guess it was stuck in my mind. So far, that's pretty much exactly what we expected. Here's where things get, well, weird. Partway into writing of the song, I realized it was also about being born, Wilson said. My wife and I were expecting our first kid very soon after I wrote that song. I had birth on the brain. I was stuck or struck with uh, what a funny pun it was to be bouncing or to be bounced from the womb while insisting on the interpretation when performing this the song live. Nothing had millions of people bought the song and didn't get it. Uh, reading the lyrics, it's hard to see how we were so oblivious. Closing time. Time for you to go out to the places you will be from. Closing time. This room won't be open till your brothers and your sisters come. Pretty much says it right there in that lyric alone that uh, it is about a baby getting bounced from the womb. Never would have thought of that. Interesting. Number 10 on the list. Nina's 99 Luftballons is absolutely horrifying. 
Better known in the U.S. as 99 Red Balloons, this German tune was a surprising or surprise international hit. It topped the chart in the U.S. and U.K., both in its original language and in a rewritten English language version. The jaunty little tune and its lyrics, uh, the song laid back vibe right until the world ends via thermonuclear war. We'll walk you through the story, but it's totally insane. The song's narrator buys a pack of balloons at a toy shop, then blows them up, presumably with helium, since it's important that they float. Stay with us here. A government sees the 99 balloons. The German lyrics don't know their color floating on the horizon. Naturally, a general assumes the balloons are some sort of space alien. He sends a squadron of 99 Juds after the balloons, and when the pilots arrive at the scene, they fire their weapons. Later, 99 ministries of war, or ministers of war, were um, curious as to why Nina can't reach out for them, uh, or can't round them up to an even 100, interpreted the exchange as an act of aggression. Nuclear war breaks out, demolishing most of the world's cities and, by extension, most balloons. The song ends on the depressing note. 99 years of war left no place for no winners. War ministers don't exist anymore, and not one jet. Today I stroll around, see the world in ruins. I found a balloon. I think about you and let it fly. We've got to say, if we just accidentally caused the end of the world due to a misunderstanding involving balloons, the last thing we'd do is let another one fly away. Balloons are clearly the enemy. That's the point of the song, right? As you might have figured, in 1983, tunes carried more weight during the Cold War. It was a protest against NATO's nuclear deployment, a sensitive issue back then, according to the Atlantic's David uh, Firm. Millions of Germans were marching into the streets to protest NATO at the time. Fortunate for us, those protesters didn't release a bunch of balloons. Now, the last song on the list... I'm going to regret even reading this, but I have to. Smash Mouth's All-Star is pretty lighthearted, and that's precisely the point. Over the past few years, the internet has developed a bizarre fascination with Smash Mouth's All-Star, with various remixes replacing all of the lyrics with a single word, um, distilling the melody to a single note, or even warping 
the vocals to fit an entirely different Smash Mouth song. Or even taking clips from uh, speeches or television shows and putting them together and making it sound like, oh, I think Barack Obama was singing All-Star or Star Wars characters were singing All-Star. But I digress. Everyone loves making fun of All-Star, and we get it. The song is oppressively upbeat. Chorus is so catchy that it's slightly annoying. It's worth noting that the song was almost much more depressing. In 19, or in 2017, the band tweeted the original All-Star lyrics, which featured this grim line. And all that glitters is gold. Wave bye-bye to your soul. The latter half of the lyric is crossed out with only shooting stars breaks the mold written in the margin. Why the change? According to guitarist Greg Camp, the band was slightly disturbed by some of their fan mail. For lyrics, I referred to some things that stood out from our fan mail, Camp told Bearded Gentleman Music in 2018. I wanted to get those kids to look at themselves in the mirror to be able to see a star looking back. Yeah, it's kind of corny, but the self-affirmation thing reminded me of the song, I Will Survive. No one was doing this sort of thing at the time. It was the end of the grunge era, and the field was wide open, so I just went for it. So go ahead, Internet. Make fun of Smash Mouth, but they wrote an optimistic, upbeat song to help young fans feel better for themselves. And that's pretty admirable. Hipsters, Try writing that into your ironic remixes. That's it. That's the article. When I saw it, when I was on my lunch, I absolutely went crazy because I know all those songs. Well, except uh, The Same Man Dave, Here I Come. I know the songs. I like most of them. So it was kind of worth it for me to read it and when I got through it I was like you know what this would make a good episode so are there any songs with misunderstood lyrics that you know the actual story behind that you would like to let me know about let me know and I'll tell everybody else um I do want to say in a little bit of uh, heartbreaking news. If you are a fan of World Wrestling Entertainment or the World Wrestling Federation, being that he worked during that era, legendary wrestler Jim the Anvil Neidhart, one half of the Hart Foundation, father of Natalia, passed away on Monday. And there's few different articles going out talking about how he passed away. I don't want to focus on that. I do want to say that he was one of the big men. There was like five 
big men wrestlers at the time. And he wasn't really that big, big, like that big. But he had some mass to him. He was a husky young man. And he was one of the five big men that inspired me to look into wrestling. And as of right now, three of those five men have passed away. Bam Bam Bigelow, Big Van Vader, and now Jim the Anvil Nightheart. The other two really weren't big men, but they were, they had a lot of heart behind them. Well, no, I take it back, the fourth one did pass away. And that was the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. He passed away a couple years ago. So four out of the five. The fifth one, I'm going to say it and hopefully, hopefully he doesn't pass away. But it was Arn Anderson. So, anyway, um, thoughts and prayers for the DNC crew go out to Jim the Anvil Nightheart, uh, his family, his friends. During this uh, horrible time, we wish you nothing but respect. Also, if you want to purchase any of these songs on Amazon or you want to look up some of the old uh, WWF like pay-per-view tapes that deal with Jim D. and Will Nightheart, please, please, please go to podbros.com, click the Amazon link, do your shopping, as normal, you don't get charged anything extra, but a small portion is kicked back to us to help us pay for studio costs and all that. Also, if you don't want to do that, head on over to patreon.com and search Podbros. And for one dollar, you could be a nerd compendium buddy. For another dollar, you could be a drinking buddy. Both will give you shout outs on those respective shows. And also a newsletter going out to you guys. Uh, for DNC, it would be what I'm reading, what I'm watching, what I'm digging. And give you a heads up on some of the future show ideas. For DNC, it's what are we drinking, what do we like. And probably put out a um, quiz, or not really a quiz, but a survey to find out what we should drink and review. Also... For $3, you get the Podbros After Dark show, which are meticulously edited, not safe for work, typically, shows. So, round it all, or package it all together for $5, you get everything. And it'd be awesome. It really helps us out. But you know what? It's getting about that time where I like to wrap it up, so. Alright, time for some housekeeping. As always, you can find me on Podbros Network, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. But you can also find me on Twitter at DaveTheNerd underscore TNC. On Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave's Nerd Compendium. All one word, no apostrophes. You can also go to DaveNC.com and find everything there. Find everything on PodBros.com in the Dave the Nerd section. I have a YouTube channel, just search Dave the Nerd, and I'll do like unboxings, and I might do like a movie review or something on there, just to give a little bit of content. And don't forget, while you're on iTunes at Stitcher, to 
rate the show five stars, thumbs up, whatever they take. And if you write a review, I can read it and then focus the show to be more about what you want to hear. So, with all that being said, thank you ever so kindly. And, as always, and if you need a man, find a nerd. Overload. Pleasure overload. Excuse me. What do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world.